Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. That gives me a great pleasure to welcome, as always, to Viewpoints, Russell Hanby, What's Making News, and uh, gee whiz, just about everything's on um, COVID-19. Um, it's almost impossible to find any news in the papers on anything else, so that will be dominating from different perspectives our chat today. But firstly, welcome to Russell Hanby. How are you going? Thank you. Thanks, Henry. Yes, I'm good, thanks. And you? Um, well, yeah, look, we're all under pressure. Uh, it's a very surreal time at the moment, Russell. Things are changing, well, I was saying by the day, but it's you can get, uh, as a school principal, now two or three messages in a day. Things seem to be changing by the day, uh, and the situation isn't getting any better. How's no. it from your perspective? Well, it's, uh, not. Uh, I've been in Brisbane until yesterday. Had a little bit of a breakaway with some uh, friend of mine, and that. And uh, they let uh, you out. Yeah, let you back to Victoria. <laughs> yes, got back. Yeah. I thought. I, I think I would. Next week, I don't think I would have uh, chosen to go actually. But when we left at the weekend, it wasn't too bad. But in the last two or three days, it certainly ramped up, hasn't it? Well, it has, and as we know in the news, um, by Thursday we had over 600 in Victoria. There was a spike Thursday, uh, and I think um, we've now got um, young, a young child in New South Wales has been diagnosed with it. It certainly has not peaked as yet, and um, there's a lot of controversy about a lot of issues uh, um, teachers, and this is the first article that we're talking about, talks about the very controversial issue of school closure versus school opened. And uh, I might start with that, Russell. The age, teachers' anxiety grows on virus. Anxiety is growing among Victorian teachers, and I would presume across Australia, about the risk of being exposed to coronavirus, with some saying their welfare is being sacrificed to keep schools open. As you'd know, Russell, um, the Australian Prime Minister came out on the advice of the Chief Medical Officer that uh, it was safer to keep schools open and would have less potentially safer to keep schools open uh, than have kids running around the community and economically it would be less destructive. Uh, and also Premier Daniel Andrews has echoed the same sentiments on the back of the advice of the Victorian Chief Medical Officer. Nonetheless, That's um, right. many, many parents are voting with their feet and also teachers are getting increasingly anxious about it. Yes, I can well imagine. In fact, I think 30 to 50% of students are being kept home by parents. And uh, and one other reason uh, Scott Morrison said to, to keep the schools open was that if they all close, it could be for six months and could have a 30% impact on the availability of health workers, putting lives at risk. But uh, uh, sort of a, a lot of the other countries now, I think I heard that the UK are closing schools even today, uh, uh, or yesterday, and uh, Stephanie Westcott from Monash Uni School of Education said to teach herself like they had been forgotten, and you can sort of well understand that. Yeah, uh, look, Russell, yeah, you're right, I completely agree with you. I, I'm very, I'm surprised at Scott Morrison's point of starting, saying six months, I mean, why can't it be two weeks or one week and we play it by ear, because things are changing in so far as um, the coronavirus outbreak's going by the day, and in many ways, uh, you have to commend the Prime Minister because he's become, you know, he's taken a very cautious conservative approach in so many areas and the restrictions are very severe, uh, as is our Premier, Mr Daniel Andrews, who's declared a state of emergency in Victoria. So they need a big uh, tick for all of that. But I think it's a fair question. Uh, 
are they being as conservative in looking at containing coronavirus by keeping schools open? Um, that's a that's a fair point to debate. It is, and uh, a lot of schools are planning for closures because they're asking families to let schools know, say, if the children don't have access to laptops or internet, or have an adult or a sibling to support them if they're at home. And schools are many schools are preparing for home learning. I guess that you're still doing things like that too, isn't it? Yeah. Look, we've been all week working towards setting up a home learning platform with resources for the kids. Um, clearly, there are certain guidelines about having children working at home. We can't expect the parents to be the teachers so the sort of work that you set and there's lots of online platforms Russell whereby uh, children can take on tasks that are self-correcting and and also teachers are putting together a a set of resources that can be home-based activities that have a great learning component Um, yes uh, point taken about people without digital uh, devices uh, and accessing that. Um, Look, I guess it gets back at the end of the day to what's the primary goal and what's the best way to achieve it? And opinion's quite divided on whether that is to keep schools open and have a soft, slow landing to... Uh, the, the the virus being dealt with or shorter and hopefully sharper action at the beginning. Um, you could hardly argue that closing schools would would in would have a damaging effect on the spread of coronavirus compared to them being open because they are the hotbeds of uh, infection transmission of all sorts of things, aren't they? Yes, and, they, uh, and it's not so much the children, but uh, most of these new cases are staff members or adults at the schools that are uh, getting it. And, uh, the, yes. Of course, that one school has to close down. I think another school just closed down for the day when a, a parent had it yesterday. But, uh, Today, another school closed down. Yes, schools, it, it, it's starting to seep into the schooling system and uh, uh, there's a lot of anxiety. Also, most recently, there's a divided opinion about whether non-government schools could close or not and an increasing number are choosing to do so they get funded to some degree by taxpayers money and uh, it's 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 uh, puzzling that the prime minister and our premier are out there saying that whether they close or not for operational reasons is a decision for them to make but public schools will stay open for economic and safety reasons it i don't know how you can have both ways there russell do you no, so it's like two classes, isn't it, within the same uh, money, money pile. You well, there's a, funda- yeah, there's a fundamental contradiction Funny. in that, and you can understand why teachers are getting rattled. Yeah, and every day another private school seems to uh, close down, doesn't it? Uh, yes, yes. I think some people are saying, oh, the schools may make it to the term holidays next week, and then it could be an extended Easter. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of rumours going around that. But, of course... If, if, if having schools open is genuinely the safer and more long-term economically best approach, Russell, then logic would tell you you should cancel the school holidays. Of course, that's not going to happen. But, but they shouldn't be at home. for We should cancel school holidays for six months. 
Yeah, well, they're not talking about doing that, I don't think. No, so when you're talking about rational argument, you can drive a truck through lots of them, can't you? You can. I I mean, I've even heard one argument that if the kids are all at home and the parents work and aren't able to give up work, one of them, then the grandparents, who are the most vulnerable, uh, might have to look after them, you know, and so you hear that argument too, to keep them away from the oldies sort of thing. Yeah, but of course, if, and and I think a case has just come out where a a young six-year-old has been diagnosed with COVID-19, we don't know whether they're asymptomatic. Uh, The scientists tell us that they certainly have milder cases if they have it, but they're not yeah. testing the kids that they they don't know how many kids have got milder symptoms if in fact they have got them. So we don't know about that one, Russell. So it's uh, it's uh, the one about grandparents. Well, the longer you keep kids at school mixing with lots of other adults and given the uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids in many many schools like that. Wouldn't couldn't you argue that in the middle to long term you're putting grandparents' health at greater potential risk yeah, than if they're home with them now isolated? Yes, because because their granddad. Uh, I suppose I only see them a fortnight or the odd weekend, and then they've had this uh, potential exposure. It could be more risky, couldn't it? So, Absolutely. So are you in favour of closing as soon as possible, generally across well, the board? Well, I think we need a consistent approach. And that needs to be a conservative, consistent approach. Now, there will be pain, but what's our primary goal? Our primary goal is to minimise the risk of spread. And I I would argue if that's the primary goal, then they probably should all close. That would Mm. be my view. And you can't have one sector closing and the other sector not closing. No, they're not, no. And... uh I, and you can well understand the teachers feeling uh, very vulnerable too, you know, that they're told oh, yeah. to keep going. <laughs> yeah. And I heard the argument that Singapore hasn't closed schools, but I did hear from someone who's been over there or knows that every kid is tested every day rigidly for, you know, the virus at school. So that's what we don't wouldn't be able to do, you know. No, we don't do that. That's no, uh, The no other way. thing about the staff getting anxious, Russell, and I pointed this out to our officials earlier today, they're making... Uh, they're very concerned and they're making close contact inquiries with schools and uh, and we, we really welcome that. I pointed out that there are staff members at my school and there are staff members at many other schools who either themselves have uh, health conditions whereby um, they're at risk, greater risk of more serious complications if they catch coronavirus uh, the, and family members at home, people who have lower immuno systems or have existing conditions, they're at sixes and sevens as what to do. Mm. Uh, so you're right about the last thing, and that is there, there is a feeling among a lot of teachers that we're, we're not as acknowledged in, as in, and as importantly so as the rest of the community in terms of our well-being is concerned. No, well, all other, many other workplaces are working either from home or working on a shared arrangement and really looking after their employees, aren't they? Mm. And there are schools. Our school's got 55 employees. There's many big secondaries that have got well over 100 employees working and mm. they do come into close contact with each other. We need to take a short break, Russ, and we've got lots to get through. Can you hold the line? Yes, certainly. Oh, 
Welcome back to Viewpoint Listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossick. I'm in a discussion with uh, Russell Hanby. What's making news? Our regular segment, and it really is dominated by COVID 19. Welcome back, Russ. Thanks, Henry. Fancy an overseas holiday, mate? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, this is the paper. Yeah, Herald Sun, fancy an overseas holiday? Forget it. Uh, and we know from this week that Australians have been told not to travel overseas. The first time in history a ban on global movement has been declared, and uh, every country has been given the highest travel advice setting, a level four, and advice is that no Australian should travel abroad. And uh, we heard learnt this week that Virgin Australia has grounded its entire international fleet until at least June the 14th, and 50% of its domestic flights also suspended. And so uh, it's really making a drastic action, isn't it, that they stay here and don't go overseas. Oh, it is. It's it's unprecedented and there's undoubted incredible pain being suffered economically uh, across uh, many sectors of the economy, the travel industry, the... Yeah. Um, the tourist attractions tourist suffering attractions. here. Oh, I think everybody's suffering one way or the other, Russell. Uh, um, in fact, we haven't experienced anything like this. Old timers I've spoken to say this brings back memories of some of the conditions during World War Two. Yes, it seems to be, and even some, yeah, that's right, the conditions. Oh, and almost, uh, we're getting on an item about the uh, supermarkets in a minute, but all the rationing that they did in World War II, it's, it's not that drastic yet, but it's, uh, it's that, I can imagine you'd think that. I think 1919 was the Spanish flu, in, mm. uh, which was a bad sort of uh, epidemic or a pandemic too, but no one, very few could remember that personally now. Of you'd course have to be 100 and, 101, wouldn't you, or something? Yes. And then you wouldn't remember it. But, uh, and also they're saying now that in Victoria and Australia, so camping and caravan parks, when people have to self-isolate, uh, uh, then uh, you could go to a, a camping ground and have a nice little cabin unit and fresh air and keep away from people so it's not just necessarily in the suburban home. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's everywhere. But uh, no, there'll be no overseas trips uh, for some time yet, Russell. And, um, no. Well, well I personally have planned uh, to go overseas in August to England, Scotland, Wales, etc. But uh, that's off now, obviously, you know. Yeah, well, we were going to go to the US in the May holidays. That's cancelled off too. So uh, lots of those things. And it's, it's uh, yeah, just another example of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. The Herald Sun also on the topic, Russell, rolling with the punches. A snapshot of what is happening across the world reveal drastic measures of many kinds are being implemented, all aimed at halting the spread and impact of COVID-19. Give us a couple of samples of what, at the moment, and it'll probably change by the tomorrow, what's happening around the world. Well, they seem to be sort of uh, government uh, stimulus packages. Uh, in the United States, they're considering a $1.4 trillion stimulus, possibly with individual direct payments to its citizens. Uh, New York may order mass sheltering at home for everybody as schools, their restaurants and cinemas close. Um, in the United Kingdom, a $667 billion business lifeline on the go and three-month mortgage holidays from paying. And uh, elective surgeries cancelled. Uh, looking at China, most new cases now actually come from people from outside. Uh, yeah, what an irony. 
Yeah, and the rate of new daily cases there is actually reducing daily. That's where it all sort of started, isn't it? Well, that's where they think it's done. South Korea is in exactly the same boat. They've had their uh, they had ninety three new cases uh, the earlier this week, and that marked the fourth day in a row that the country posted fewer than a hundred new cases. Uh, Venezuela is seeking an emergency five billion loan from the International Monetary Fund, appealing to an institution it has long had a difficult relationship with in order to cope with the COVID-19 on its already collapsed oil economy. Uh, yeah, you're right. New Zealand recorded its biggest day. Yeah, but following the World Health Organization's uh, site, which is a very good site on what's going on, and uh, New Zealand's had only five up till the other day, and yep. now it's gone uh, up to six, and they had eight in a row. So and all the result of overseas travel, so the banning of the shores seems to be one way of keeping things at bay, doesn't it? Yeah, and um, of course Australia's now over 600. Another person died earlier this week. Spain uh, has requested medical supplies from China. Um, it's it's hitting everybody, isn't it? It is. So it's Australia over 600, is it? I think, yeah. I think earlier in your introduction you said Victoria, but it's... Uh, Australia, oh, no, it, it is Australia over 600. I think there was a spike on Thursday of about over 140, biggest single spike in a single day. So we're certainly not on top of it yet. Um, human behaviour. Well, Russell, tell us about it. Well, we've seen uh, sometimes the worst of it uh, can bring out. I know some you get little flashes of people being uh, the other way and uh, uh, generous, but buy only what you need. Uh, Woolworths Chief Executive Brad Butici says that the supermarket giant Woolworths is effectively serving 50 million Australians, not 24, uh, and as panic buying of products rips goods from its shelves. And uh, you go into any suburban supermarket and the, the, very soon in the day, there's nothing much on any of the shelves and the food line is there. No, there and, it is. It's, uh, and some of the behaviour is appalling, but it just shows yeah. you that... Uh, just, just how ordinary we can be, some of us, under extreme pressure. That's right, and the supermarkets find it hard to keep up. They could be forced to implement extreme measures, like restricting certain people to certain times or days of the week, if panic buying continues. So they say you know, there's no supply problem if people just pulled back. And In fact, 85% of the food sold is either grown or manufactured here in Australia. And uh, so they've had to introduce all the supermarkets a, uh, a two-item per customer limit on nearly every packaged item. Uh, but they, and, and I did hear the fellow from the uh, Weekly Times saying there's plenty to go around three Australian continents if mm. people you know didn't panic by. But they, but, uh, I, but I they think are. It's actually less a lesson a little bit this week, I, I hear, but uh, it's still uh, happening, isn't it? They're, yes. They're trying um, this business of uh, early morning shopping for the elderly and the disadvantaged. I think that's working a little bit better now. The first day was, was terrible, I believe, with what went on there. But So all these extreme measures for extreme behaviour, isn't yes, it? Yes, and of course Harvey Norman's had a rush of sales on freezers because people uh, not only got, well, as soon as they get their existing freezers uh, filled up with frozen goods and the like, they're going out and buying extra freezers. So there's a, there's a quite a ripple effect of panic buying out there and uh, it, 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 it's, it's very disappointing. Time's getting away from us. Russell, but we've got odd spot, and guess what? We're not talking about COVID nineteen. No, we, we aren't. <laughs> we need a break. <laughs> an, an Indian railway company has found a novel solution to an unusual problem. With a rising number of elephants wandering onto the tracks, the Northeast Frontier Railway 
has installed a honeybee sound system that has trackside speakers which play a recording of buzzing, angry swarms of bees, something even the thickest skinned of pachyderms would like to avoid. Till now, the project has been a success, said divisional manager Taran Prakash. So uh, they hate bees, apparently, uh, these uh, big elephants, and so that's working to keep them off the railway. Isn't that amazing? You could have so many other animals that are so huge and perhaps frightening, and yet uh, the little bee... Yeah, I was thinking that was can can get the better of elephants. <laughs> <laughs> when I read it, I thought you got the massive uh, elephant versus a tiny bee, and uh, one really scared of it, isn't it? You know, absolutely, it's like a mouse that like a mouse that roared, isn't it? Sort absolutely. Of. Well, that takes us out, Russ. And I know you've escaped your homework this week about the thirteenth. Uh, and you've kept quiet about it. So given that you snuck under our guard, we got through our time, you can uh, tell us all about that next week. Yes, I'll do that, Then I'll get my papers all in order, ready for it. Absolutely. That was Russell Hanby and What's Making News listeners in these uh, surreal and um, worrying times. We'll take a short break.